Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows, and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. Hello and welcome to D&D 101. My name's Niall. My name's Connie. My name's Jack. My name's Michael. And my name's Blaine. And uh, today, on this show, we're teaching you guys how to play D&D for people with various, you know, skills in D&D or knowledge of D&D. Michael, hello. Hello. You're new. I am. Uh, a new voice. Uh, Michael <laughs> is a colleague from work. Uh, we're doing a bit of acting together at the moment, and you love D&D. Do you want to Say us a bit about your like history of D&D or what you've done. Yeah, um, I came to D&D quite late, yep. as you can probably tell from the timbre of my voice. I'm a man of a certain vintage. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I actually picked up D&D because of Stranger Things. I did a, a show uh, with Secret Cinema of Stranger Things. Of course. And obviously, it is such a core part of Stranger Things itself that when they said, well, we should probably play some of this, I said, yes, uh, I'd love to be involved. Who did and you play with? Who did I play was with? Was Maller involved? No, 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 no. I was going to say, because if Tom Maller was playing, I bet that was hilarious. It would have been. I'm not sure he's uh, he's been part of it, but uh, no, I played with a, cha- a chap called David. David. The guy who uh, introduced me. He's terrific. And he was yeah. took me gently by the hand <laughs> through our first adventure. Who did he play? Uh, he was... He was the cover of Hopper. Oh, great. Uh, he also played various characters within yeah. I played Murray Bauman. Yeah. So We've met you. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, holy crap, we have. Yeah. And I just recognised his face. No, you yeah. have. Yeah. We, yeah. we came. Yeah, we came to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I literally so was about oh, so to say who you played. You were in the room with yeah. me for a while. And yeah, then, we and were then, literally... Um, we, we came into Murray's house and like had the little scene in there yeah. with you and Joyce. And then I um, was next to Nancy in the like at the end of the big... In the void. In the void, yeah, and uh, I was next to Nancy and Mike, and then me and Mike danced at the end, and Jack was like, I'm not dancing, oh. so I was just dancing well, with Well, the guy Mike. playing Mike, Killian, actually I played D&D with. He plays oh, a ranger in here. Yeah, he's terrific, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful chap. He's actually French as well. I didn't know, for a, he plays in American, he's actually French, he's a terrific okay. chap. He's currently okay. in the Battle of Hell musical. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, okay. but that's amazing. It's amazing. Because not everyone came to that room, so that's a, a no, chance. Yeah, we did. It, it was, was amazing. You're Maury. I missed I was, you. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, was. I missed you, because I came as well, but I didn't see you at all. Well, I didn't even know you were in the show. Only very specialised people came to yeah, see Maury. I genuinely don't remember how we, we kind of were just in the right place at the right time. We hadn't been... You know how you had to kind of follow storylines? We weren't following. So we just kind of happened to be stood with some people who kind of got ushered into Murray's house. And it was like, oh, cool. Now we're in Murray's house. We're going to (laughs) watch this scene. (laughs) I think that's a perfect thing for D&D, actually. I suppose being in the right place, right time. You rolled to be there, I suppose. And then you were allowed admittance to the lair of Murray. Whereas I completed my storyline and didn't. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So sometimes the best players don't get the best results. It's bullshit. Soft soft brag, I broke the... uh, He broke the bell. I broke the bell thing. So it's the carnival. It was season three. Yes. Um, And you know the one with the bell bell at the top and you hit it with a hammer. Strong arm. The strong arm. Oh. So I said to Connie, I went, I went, I... I'm going to hit this first time. And it was, it was very much kind of like, I'm going to, you know, I've, I've split a lot of logs in my life. I know how to swing an axe. Sounds like having a shit. It does sound like having a shit, yes. It's all about, it's all about technique. Is what I said. I was going to talk about technique. People put too much effort in. And then I just went, bang, it hit the top. And something fell Bulbs broke and fell down and they went, oh, it's not a commission now. Literally I'm not sure it actually worked for the rest of the run. So congratulations. (laughs) This guy, this guy. Yeah. Amazing. 
were talking about this like yesterday. Yeah, let's talk about That's this. That's so funny. And you were what you were actually not. Um, this is not. I'm not a lie. You were my favorite Aww. of the cast, 100. percent There was a lot That's of good actors nice. there. Hopper was pretty good. Mm. Um, the guy who played one of the teenagers was great, but he looked like 50. Dustin. Dustin. Looked, I think we like, had a cover looked... Dustin because oh. he looked like a man. And he was fantastic, oh, really? Dustin. But he he like had like the ho- like Hobbit hair. He looked more you know, like Sean Astin. Like me, like hair, hair, <laughs> hair on the neck. Like, oh, maybe you're... you had a cover guy because the guy who played they were all exceptional lookalikes. So mm. yeah, we were in the midst of a time that actually was before COVID, and yeah. I think literally it was that. What February. we started to feel were those repercussions. It's one of those productions that sadly yeah. started to suffer, and we had no idea what was on the horizon. Of course, now, yeah. We know. Lizzie, no, no. Lizzie looked just like Elle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's terrific. Crazy. Terrific. Crazy. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's a fun, that's <laughs> a fun little <laughs> meeting, isn't it? <laughs> um, but today we are talking about a race called Yuan-T. So with that knowledge of the name, what do you think that is, guys? How is it spelled? Y-U-A-N-T-I. That's not how it and, works. And it's got a hyphen in between U and T. Oh, that sounds like an important hyphen. <laughs> So you, like it's the name. You, <laughs> If if I were your auntie, yeah, it does sound like your auntie. I didn't want to set there, but it does sound like you're playing a race that's basically on based on your auntie. Yeah, there's another race called your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was thinking of it more as a an NPC. Uh, it's like a little little tea house you can go to, and it's called you oh. and tea. Oh, yeah. that sounds delicious. Maybe they, they are a race of tea makers, or sure. you know, they have their own coffee shops. Maybe that's how they, they get together. To be fair, you're not too far with the fact that they do a lot of brewing. Are they? Oh no! I was going to say they're not the the lizard people, are they? A not lizard folk. Lizard folk. No, but close. Oh, oh! So they're not human. They are, so all they're of them people. are humanoid. All races are classified okay. as humanoid. Yeah. They're not. Well, they're not Khajiit. I guess. I guess I'll go no. into a further clue no, 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 no. and a further little yes. explanation of like Jesus. maybe they were once human. Oh, specifically oh. once human. Oh, so is it a pact they've made? Vampires. Some, some, oh, that sounds good. Vampires or werewolves. werewolves yes. Or werewolves. Zombies. Zombies. Mermen. 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 You did say that there were fish people that we were going to talk about some yeah. point. I did. I did say them by name as well, and they weren't you and Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So similar to lizard folk. Yes. Once human. So they've they've had a liaison with another species. A species, maybe. Okay. Any other? Let's just go for a hot guess, Connie. What do you think? You and TR, similar to lizard people, were once human. They're not vampires. <laughs> Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, bad guy. Okay. That's a lizard, That's a lizard That's person lizard. who was a human. Oh, yeah, okay. Rep- the lizard. Oh, yeah, whatever his name is. The lizard. It's very easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen it. Okay, so maybe like a, a lizard man. I mean, I've st- I, I went with cat people and that's wrong, apparently. So, yeah. yeah, no. Th- so what's like a lizard, but not a lizard? A frog. snake. A frog. A snake. Oh, yes. <gasps> oh so they're snake people. On the nail. Oh, wow. Blaine, do you want to do take us away? Yeah. Oh, well, some well, do. Yeah. Most do. Most. Most have arms. Come on, Blaine. Kick, arms kick is it. So, they're armless then. Uh, the anti were once human. Uh, they've been around. They're one of the oldest races in D&D. Mm. They've been around since the time of the creator races that kind of created all the different races of D&D, at least all the more bestial races. And they grew up around the area of Chult in Faerun, so another continent just off the Sword Coast. Very jungle, kind of Amazon-esque area. That's where they ended up as well, because the early days, the creator races were on a different continent, and those continents got very, very similar to our own Earth. Those continents changed shape and changed form, and 
uh, the UNT have now populated, in Faerun anyway, a lot of Chult, which is where Tomb of Annihilation, which is a campaign book, takes a lot, a lot of... Um, that's where the setting is, mm. is in Chult. Uh, and around Chult was a race called the Saruk that were snake people. They were snake, basically the bodies of a snake with the arms of a human. That was the creator race. So there were five, I believe? Five creator races. Yeah. The Saruk, uh, the Batraki, which were like amphibian creatures, the Airy that were avian... The Fey were around before the elves, and then there was another one. Humans. Humans. Humans yes. were the final creator races. One of the original OG races. OG. Mm. Oh, so these are old, this is old lore. This, this is, is yeah. like the start of the world being created when okay. gods walked the earth. And there's a bit of conflict in the lore of how the Yanti came to be. Mm. So they grew up around the Saruk, and some believe that Saruk experimented on humans, and that's how you got Yanti, lizard folk, uh, troglodytes, naga, things like that. Others believe that after the Saruk declined and their empire fell, humans took over and started to worship the snake uh, and took on a lot of qualities of that. They developed the philosophy of separating emotion from intellectual pursuits. So they were completely emotionless and just focused on striving to be the best at what they could do. So they became one of the biggest civilizations by having, they were great buildings and great uh, works of art. They experimented with metalwork and created the first iron and metal weapons and armor. And they conquered a lot of the neighboring tribes and basically enslaved them. They could keep their own lands as long as they gave them tribute and slaves. This sounds like the guy in um, Conan the Barbarian. Very similar to. Yeah. Very similar the, to Because he had thing. a snake sigil. Yes. He? Yeah. The chap who's Darth Vader's voice, who I can't remember. James Earl Jones. That's, there you go. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> two points. points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was giving you two. Two, um, two points. Yeah. Because that sounds exactly the yeah, same thing. Very similar to them. Great. In the way they were. I actually found out a little bit more information about that, actually. Um, so one of the stories about the Suruk is that basically... Suruk? Is that my Suruk. Suruk. Um, was that essentially they they worshipped a snake god called the World Serpent. And that encouraged them to live this life of sort of domination. And one of the things that they experimented on was creating lizard folk and naga, which are like basically magic snakes. And one of the things that they found was that essentially their servants were either very brutish or a bit too clever. And the naga were a bit too clever and a bit untrustworthy and the lizard folk were just brutish and couldn't really get things done. And essentially that came to a point where through the world serpent they discovered how to make Yuan-Ti from their human slaves. So they turned these humans into Yuan-Ti who then became their nice middle ground of intellect, cold, hard pursuit of, of doing goals. And they essentially put all their middle management were Yuan-Ti. So there was the upper class which were the Shuruk. Shuruk? Shurak? Shurak, oh, this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> oh, there's more to come. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think I've given up taking notes. Can't spell any of these names. <laughs> so I don't, what the hell does that mean? Uh, the Shuruk were the high class. The Yuan-Ti were the m- middle management and everybody else served them. So the Yuan-Ti were generals, accountants, basically the best doers of things. And they conquered most of the world. And this is what's known as the ancient Yuan-Ti empire, which was basically the Shuruk at the top, the Yuan-Ti basically having everything but this diluted a lot of the religion because like blaine said it was kind of like oh you know if you if you're okay with things and you know just do stuff and as long as you pay tribute it's fine and that led to the world being able to rebel against the shuruk and then the batrachi i believe were the next big civilization correct me if i'm wrong 
Yeah, the Batraki were the second biggest. Nice. And essentially, the Yuan-T saw the Shuruk Empire fall and went, this is because they were weak. And this is because they were fallible and lazy. They essentially let us do all the hard work. And that ingrained a big personality trait of UNT, which is to constantly be on the fucking ball. They're very underhanded. They're very manipulative. They're very watchful, perceptful. They don't rest. Their idea is that, like, if we start to become lazy and we start to not worship our gods or not do the things that made us so great in the first place, we're going to lose our grip because that's what happened in the past mm. to our leaders and that's when the UNT sort of became their own wow so they sit in line wait much like a snake does to pounce at the right point very the very slivery very. buggers yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> does the world serpent have a name Dendar oh interesting interesting yeah. I asked because there's a world serpent in Viking mythology called and maybe Jormungandr yeah yes very similar yeah Outcome. Who surrounds the entire world, mm. like the length of the world. Yeah. Dendar yeah. is trapped behind a door, and if he comes out, he will destroy the entire world. Like, I think he'll eat the sun, I believe. Eat the sun, eat the planet, eat everything. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> yummy, well. yummy. Look at that. Delicious. <laughs> They took over the Saruk Empire, continued to dominate for centuries, uh, and eventually they gained the worship and the trust of the primordial snake gods that the Saruk worshipped, and they taught them the rituals to create Moyanti, which basically involved human sacrifice, then cannibalization of the victims, then writhing in pits of live snakes to bond the flesh, and they would merge into the new Yanti form. These guys are so rock, I love them. Oh, they're very <laughs> They're so heavy metal. They yeah. writhe in snakes. A lot of their religion oh. is essentially, I believe, to worship properly is to do sins of a vile and atrocious nature without benefit to oneself. So it's literal evil for evil's sake. So if you're going to take slaves, which is something the UNT do, it's it's not really worship. It's more of a means to an end because the slave is going to help you build stuff, right? The slave's going to do things for you, bring you food, you know, that kind of thing. However, what is worship is taking a random slave and just disemboweling them and tearing their eyes out and ripping their teeth out and sacrificing them and bathing in their blood as part of a sacrifice. Because that's quite horrendous. Wow. They're not a nice race. I was going to say from listening to the other episodes that most of the races don't sound... There didn't seem to be any evil races, but... um... <laughs> that ship, that ship I was like, you know, a lot of them seem morally ambiguous, and there's a history, and you know, yeah, the orcs were bullied a little bit, so they got a little bit ratty. But then these guys are just like, oh, just fuck it. Well, in, in fairness to them, it's like they literally got like rewarded for doing horrible things, and the yeah. only time that slipped was when they kind of let it go. Like they were like, ah, you know, it's fine. You guys can live here. We'll we'll let you do. We'll let you worship your own gods. That was the fall of the Shuruk Empire. Whereas UNT were more like, wait. We shouldn't have done that. Yeah. We should have just kept tearing people's heads off and, you know. <laughs> Ruling sacrifice. by fear. It's just pure. It's That's how they worship. That's how they get further on in their UNT career, I guess. It, it does just kind of seem like tribal. Like when you yeah. listen to like the, I've forgotten all of the names of them now. But like, um, what's the one in Mexico? The, the, the Mayans. Mayan, yeah. yeah. Like that's that's one of the things they did they like a lot of human sacrifice and the egyptians a lot of, like interestingly enough a lot of the art and a lot of the style of unt is quite mayan mayan aztec style yeah, yeah. and they live in jungles oh, okay. they yeah, do jungles. because they uh, they did a, a lot of brutal like it wasn't just human sacrifice it was like you no know, you've got to take take them apart and sacrifice them properly yeah little bits <laughs> little, little bits, bits. 
So they did that for a continued for centuries. Uh, and as word got around of how to make more Yanti, other houses started to do it and they've spread throughout the empire and eventually entire cities of slaves were sacrificed to make more and more Yanti. Uh, so how many slaves have to be sacrificed to make one Yanti? It just depends on the process of what kind of Yanti you're trying to create because there's many different types. Five different types of Yanti. Oh. Wow. You can uh, upgrade your Yanti. <laughs> you can. Sacrifice 5,000 more people and your Yanti will be level two. <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> Difficult to do. It takes a lot of slaves and a lot of special ingredients that are hard to find. But you can go from the base Yanti, the pure blood, up all the way to the abominations and anathemas that are like the top tier rulers of the Yanti kingdom. Oh, so they got rid of the other guys, but then they still they had a hierarchy yeah, after they that. Took they over. have some people at the top. and Yeah. Yeah. The, the basic hierarchy is the simple understanding that because they worship and venerate snake gods, it's everything to do with snakes. Essentially, snakes are very holy creatures and should be respected and treated with reverence. So anyone that is a snake-like being is instantly applauded and enjoyed, and anything below that is lesser. And what kind of relationship do they have with uh, dragons and dragonborn, then? Are they they don't like them. Don't like them? No, dragons so and snakes are two different things. I know they're two different things. No, but I mean, like... racist or anything. No, but for, <laughs> for you and T, it is very racist. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should have said lizard-like people, you know? Dragons are kind of lizard-like-ish, yeah. sort of. Same yeah. dragonborn. But. but the dragons did also destroy their empire. Oh, they oh, well, part of the reason. So they... Ruled for so long, yeah. and then a combination of the the tribes they'd conquered, discovering how to make better weapons and armor, and getting the secrets of metalworking, attacks by naga and dragons, and then their gods falling into a slumber meant that they started to decline, and they fled to hidden strongholds mm. and just left the world to the other the other tribes, the other humans, the other races, and hid for centuries until more recent times where they start to slowly emerge heavily weakened, very low numbers, and start to kind of infiltrate society and slowly poison people towards their way of thinking and back into their kind of rulership as a kind of hidden hand guiding people. Fun fact for you, UNT were, the reason that they actually like got ahead so quickly and the short got ahead so quickly was because they were the first ones to discover metalworking. Mm. So that's probably what made them a lot better at fighting and conquering and war. When you say about infiltrating society and mm. building back in, well, how does one do that if you look a lot like a snake? Because you know, if I walked into a bar and said, hey, you, <laughs> come and join my cult where we sacrifice thousands of people, you know. Sounds pretty sound good, yes. <laughs> So the lowest rank are very human looking. The pure bloods, as they're called, look almost human, especially at first glance. They have snake-like eyes. And usually like a, maybe like a snake, like uh, nose and forked tongue, but it's very easy to hide. Uh, hoods up and stuff, they can kind of pass for normal humans most of the time, unless put under intense scrutiny. There's right. some really cool art of, I've seen like art of like um, a UNT pure blood that had, you see like these little slitted eyes, but what's really, really cool is that they don't have like a flat nose, right? They look very human, but then they've just got scales. Like their skin is still skin colored, but it's just got this slight, you know how like we have paws, yeah. the paws are just wider and more, you know, more scale like, and it's yeah. just like, oh, that's what they, you know, in the book they describe it as, you know, it's just something little that's off putting. It'd be like, oh, when you look so, you'd be like, oh, do you have like a, a you know, an like interesting a, skin regime? Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a UNT. <laughs> I'm a snake. I'm a snake boy. I'm a snake. <laughs> and it also helps that they've basically been forgotten by most of the rest of society. Once they hid, everyone kind of forgot about them. 
we destroyed them. We we took over. They were extinct. No point anymore. Basically, this is very early days as well. This very is before the dragon empires and the giant empires. Yeah. So like these are a long, long ancient race. So it's the history that's kind of lost to the common folk to an extent. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No one really knows what they were doing while they were hidden in their strongholds. Yeah. Because they didn't have access to as many slaves. They weren't able to do what they normally did, live the lives they normally did. They just hit odd raids now and then, but it was just taken. People traveling got lost and never came back. How They're essentially long? lost to history. Even historians wouldn't know what a UNT is. Mm. How long did they live for? Like, What was their lifespan kind of thing? Uh... For the purebloods, uh, not a bit more than humans, but kind of 80 to 120 years. Okay. Uh, the more pa- high up you are, like the anathemas can live for longer, but they're not immortal by any means. They're basic. They're basic kind of like the, the kind of the, the dichotomy, I guess, with, with the Yuantes, which is quite interesting, is that they worship these gods, but they also long to become gods themselves. Yeah, they, because they're so detached, they don't really have worship in the way that humans do. It's more that, so the pantheon of the gods, there are three main Yuanti gods, but the rest of the serpent gods are ever-changing, because the Yanti can gain the rights to become a god, and will just take the place of a god that they were worshipped. Well, so so it, you can go from just this pure blood people to yeah. a god? Yes. And it's, yes! it's ever-changing. <laughs> there are constantly new serpent gods coming in. So a serpent god will like whisper to a Yanti and give them secrets, but never tell them everything, because it knows that they're just going to eventually usurp it. And if sometimes Yanti will come along that uncovers the secrets and learns the mysteries of how to become a god and then will eventually usurp it and become a new god. And then a century or two later, someone else will find the rituals and become an, the god and replace him, basically. So it's an ever-changing pantheon. Interesting. It's hmm. very, very kind of like aggressive, aggressive power struggles because they've got no emotions, so they only really go for goals. And if you think about it, if you don't really have any emotional stake in things, the only currency is power and the highest power you can achieve is a god. Are they one of the few races that can ascend to gods or is is there a reason specifically why they can ascend? Technically, any race can, but most of them outside of certain rituals uh, require being blessed by a god to become a demigod. It's Mm. usually the highest you can get to. There's only one person who's ever really nearly achieved godhood on their own lonesome and uh, it basically fucked up the whole world because he did it wrong okay it's called Carthus's folly that was um that was a whole story based around somebody who tried to achieve godhood and just f- fucked it obviously not evil enough he, he was he wasn't technically evil he um he genuinely believed what he was doing was like a good idea and he just the the funny thing is is that the spell that he created in which to do this meant that you had to replace a god and he picked the god of magic which was a bad idea i did that lead to the magic the spell play thingy oh wow, yeah cool. if he'd have picked any other god he'd have gotten away with it wizard though yeah yeah always it's causing always trouble wizard. always causing yeah. trouble see they're the problems they're the problems <laughs> suppose when you're a wizard and you've got the power to reshape reality to some extent you're gonna want to get more of it yeah he is the reason why they can't anymore <laughs> yeah there was literally like a bat he created what is it the first 12th level spell Yes. Yeah. And essentially you can't go above ninth now because of him. <laughs> I love the fact this guy just said, step back. I've got something big to brew up. Like, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it was at this moment, Cassis knew he, he fucked, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Forever trapped. Yes. Uh, so the three main gods of the anti are Dendar, the night serpent, who they will 
they believe will eventually consume the world. They believe he's trapped behind some doors in the abyss, which is where demons live. It's basically one of the one version of hell in D and D. And if he gets out, he will ascend the ante to their perfect deity snake-like forms and then consume the world and recreate it for them and just for them. There is Meshulk, who is the chief deity and was the master of the pit. And uh, they worshipped, he was worshipped by the Saruk and the one that they chiefly took over worshipping when they took over. Uh, he went into a deep sleep as the Yanti declined and eventually he can be, he still grants powers and boons to his followers and he can be woken from his slumber briefly and it takes a lot of sacrifice and resources to do it. Uh, they're currently searching for a way to try and permanently awaken him to regain full power. One of the one of the kind of things to put towards these sacrifices as well is that as you know as well as them having to be horrific um there's like a there's like a hierarchy of sacrifice potential if you just take a commoner and you rip them to bits and you know dance in their blood for a bit that's that's all right but if you take a noble who has a lot of wealth and influence and you sacrifice them that's a little better however if you take a hero who has spent their whole life doing good and achieving things you sacrifice that motherfucker like it's that's a powerful sacrifice if you top, sacrificed a god god top points go for either clerics or paladins of specific gods heroes of gods demigods yeah so you and are like out to kill so that they can reawaken their gods. So potentially like at a high level, could you start becoming the target of... Oh, 100%. Yeah. Your whole party yeah. could. Oh, What's better than I one hero? The Five. beautiful duplicity of this, you know, if you played a race like this, yeah. to know that everyone else is on the menu at any point yeah. to make oh, you shit. more powerful. Yeah. yeah. That's so much fun, especially if they don't know about your Background. true nature. Yeah. How is that possible though? Can you not, you don't tell people what you are because if they know what you are, then sure you go keep away from that guy. Depends on the story, depends on the DM, depends on how you've had this conversation as a player. If you're like, no, I really want to play UNTF, especially after listening to this episode and this is the kind of vibe that I want to go for, I'll be like, okay, just know that you risk the chance of alienating your whole party and them killing you. And yeah. if you're up for that, then great. Yeah. Or alternatively, you run the risk of murdering your entire party and only playing on your own. The, the, likelihood, the likelihood of you outwitting one person is quite high the out you know the, the likelihood of you outwitting four is probably higher mm. do you know what i mean because they get to roll against if you start making weird decisions and they're like insight and you roll badly then you're fucked mm. oh but how what a, what a great thing for your you know the dm you've concocted the character oh, with great to know about you and you to know sitting at the table that's, i'm not saying it's not fun no that's <laughs> great fun oh yeah and that i if, yes, if you roll a, and that one or something you look at the dm going don't tell them please don't tell them <laughs> Imagine if you're successful and it's like, um, Niall, why is it? Why is there only two of you on the podcast now? Well, I killed everyone else. <laughs> it's just the DM and me. <laughs> but I'm so much more powerful now. Yeah. Probably be that. Probably be end game stuff. Really, you'd probably leave that um, till the very last betrayal. That'd be like the last knife in the back, wouldn't it? But also, you wouldn't have to necessarily do it as your party. Like you could just sneak up while they're all sleeping, mm. kill a noble. Yeah. Be oh, like, yeah. wait, and they're like, whoa, you're you're different this morning. What's up? And you're like, oh, just, just, just having a good day, you know. Yeah, the party opened their Faroon Times over breakfast. And go, Another noble murdered in town. <laughs> yeah. Can't imagine why. Shocking. Gosh, <laughs> look really buff this morning, Dave. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> uh, and the final deity is Seth, who 
Seth. Sorry. Seth. It's spelt with multiple S's as well, which I love. Seth. <laughs> uh, who only really rose to power as the ante declined, and he promised them that he would bring them back to the pinnacle. And so a lot of Meshulk's worshippers went to worship him. And so now he is one of the, maybe the, the second in command for the pantheon of the ante. Mm. Uh, and the, yeah, they're trying to, he's the most awake of all the Yuanti gods, but also the weakest. So he can grant more blessings and powers to his followers, but isn't able to do as much as the other gods he's kind of trying to usurp mashalk but isn't able to because still a lot of people worship mashalk so mm. he's in a bit of power struggle with the other gods trying to gain control it's it's cool because he's like hey i'm able to do i'm able to like help you more but it's also like i don't really have like the end goal isn't to he wants to be the top dog and it's kind of like you know he can't let you guys get more powerful than him so it's kind of like he's got to be careful with his blessings as well because if somebody takes him out then he's like fuck years of planning gone to waste also just kind of forgot that no one really knows where he came from he just appeared as the anti were falling into into decline and was like i can save you okay worship me and i'll bring you back to the pinnacle of society you'll be the greatest people on the planet did i can't remember if we we talked about this last week or if i've ever heard it from recapping the podcast but um (laughs) there's there's something about like how that it was giants or something have no not giants ain't not god's power stems from the worship of people but there's another race the primordials primordials who just are base motherfuckers interestingly enough dendar is a primordial yes dendar's a primordial a lot of these serpent gods are primordials Mm. so they still want worship because it gives them power but they don't require it but when a new god rises like what was his name Um, the guy just yeah mishok mishok so he came out of nowhere would he have oh no that's seth sorry seth Seth. Uh, Seth. Seth. When Seth came out of nowhere, is like, would that be a case of there was a, a requirement for somebody like him? So he might like the Uranti, their desperation is what gave birth to this god because yeah. gods come from worship. Yeah, I, almost. It The kind of the rules for godhood are kind of squiffy. And mm. it's one of those things that like you have to be of a certain power level to be able to achieve this kind of ability to gain power from worship. Mm. And primordials are prime examples of it because they're already god like they're already godlike. They can take on gods, and then if you're worshiping it as well, that's just like I don't know, putting an adrenaline whilst on cocaine. Wow, <sighs> sounds like a good night. <laughs> 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 sounds like a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> So the five different types of Yanti. So Pure Blood is the player race. It's the one that the only one you can really get away with traveling with the party because the other ones are very obviously snake-like. Mm. <laughs> uh, and they come in a range of different mutations of how this the mutate the mixing of human flesh and snake flesh takes hold. So some have just snake heads and human bodies. Others have snake bodies with human arms. The abominations, uh, humanoid but have completely scaled, clawed hands and red eyes. And the way certain mutations take hold, it can be like some Yuanti just don't have, they're human without arms, just have loads of snakes where their arms would be. Whoa. What? That's, That's so cool. Well, the most revered. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already picture. laughing thinking about just, it. All I can you walk along those... and just suddenly your arms explode into loads of snakes. Okay, but some like, poisonous, yeah. one some of those. <gasps> But like one of those blow up things outside a car dealership. Well, the the most revered abominations aren't the ones that have humanoid bodies and snake arms. They're actually full snakes. <laughs> Sorry. But they have human they have multiple human heads. 
That's the most revered. So they're like the top dog priests of the UNT abominations. Well, so, so full snake body. Yeah, like a snake. Sneaky snake, snake. But then multiple I mean, heads. As I'm looking up. No ooh, arms. And then suddenly, no, no, no arms. Legs. No arms. No legs. And then lots of necky neckies, head, head, headed. Human heads. Could you show us a picture? What are they called, Blaine? Have you uh, got a name for them? Jack, put something up for the folks at home. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's me, Jack, the editor. Um, obviously I won't be bringing anything up because this is a uh, audio medium. But I had a Google and I had a look and yeah, yeah, no, the, there's there's a Yuanti with just like a snake body and multiple people heads. Uh, have a Google. There's lots of cool art. Um, I will also say at this point in the show, everyone on the show is pretty much doing the same thing. Just Googling images and talking about it, which for an audio medium isn't the best <laughs> thing to be doing. So we're just going to skip a little bit ahead. Uh, but yeah, um, have a Google, have a look. Some pretty cool stuff. These seem like a really cool race to play as. Um, so yeah, um, good, let's get back to the show. Bye. One of those uh, is reminiscent of a Gorgon, though. So we've got there's a, yeah the anathema. Yeah. One of, yeah, one of them looks a bit like a Medusa there as well. Yeah. So is there mm. any correlation between a Medusa and a a, a Yuanti at all? Uh, no. Oh, they're completely different. Yeah. Is uh, a Medusa even a thing? Medusa is a thing, yes. It is a thing. But it's uh, it's not just the Medusa and a race of Gargans. It's the whole race is Medusa. Okay, cool. But the Yuanti and the Medusa are completely separate. Yeah. Just happened to share a bit of snaky. Yeah. Yeah, I, fa- I found um, the picture. Um, I'll try and get a name in a second. But a cool little fact for you is that Yuanti call themselves Varel Olo, which means blessed ones. Mm. Uh, so they're called this. Sorry, yeah. What I was talking about is abominations are ranked in sort of like because what Blaine was saying that each one comes out different because of the mixtures. <laughs> sorry, I'm looking at this picture. And it's so goofy, um, and that changes the type of abomination that's made, and you know whether or not they have arms that are snakes or heads that are snakes, or if they have a snake body but human arms, humanoid arms, and. The most revered one is a snake body with human heads, and it's called a Shan Pashan, and it looks like that. Uh, say, <laughs> say it again. Oh. Shan Pashan. And that is that fucking is, horrifying, right? It's it's not even like they're next to each other. Like when you, It's pick, like a hydra. It's, yeah. it's like it's there's like, like the, a layer of three heads, and then on top of that, a layer of another three so heads. A, 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 a rattlesnake. With like a snake tail, body sticking out the bottom. That's really strange. Weird. Yeah, absolutely yeah. fantastic, it's not like they're in like my opinion. <laughs> on long necks. No. It's just like... They're all bunched it's, together. It's yeah. like it's like how sprouts grow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like one stick yeah, yeah, yeah. with just little sprouts sticking out all around the side. Sorry. But yeah, so that is, that's like the holiest of UNT priests. They're usually the priests or the leaders of religious sects. Um, the most revered they're the ones that kind of make the make the kind of rules about how things are going to go forth and how things are going to be until an anathema turns up but yeah. that's anathema are very rare and they're yeah. the step below godhood if you're an anathema your, your only next step you can go is to become a god yeah and that's kind of like a bit of a it's like the UNT want to get better right so that they're constantly the whole idea about the UNT is that they're manipulative and do Duplicitous. 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 Thank you, Blaine. Thank you. Yes. My forever, my forever pronunciation, man. Uh, but that means that essentially it's not, and there's no emotion involved. So actually, if you were of the same sect of a UNT, so you're both pure bloods, mm-hmm. and you think that your boss is shit at what they do, if you were to take them and kill them, no other UNT would look at you and go, you did a bad thing there. They'd be like, no, he was weak because he let you kill him. 
Do you know what I mean? He was he was so shit at his job that he got you got the better of him. Every UNT has to stand on their own two feet, kind of thing. Mm. And within their sex, you know, like of being a, a UNT pure blood, a UNT abomination. What's the one in between? Uh, <laughs> and um, th- those three sort of tiers there's a lot of infighting because essentially if you if you can get snuck upon and killed by one of your underlings you weren't meant to have that position of power because if you did have that position of power you'd have seen it coming mm. and you'd have killed them before they killed you so it's very like very manipulative very the strongest survive kind of vibe um and that means that if there's a lot of like higher tier ones, there's going to be a lot of fighting. So if there's a lot of Shampashans, abominations, they're just going to go at each other, trying to constantly kill each other. Whereas if you've got one Shampashan, then some Malaisons, then some pure bloods, like, and, and it goes like a pyramid kind of downwards, that's, that's your perfect UNT society. If you start getting too many leaders, it's going to get harder. However, anathemas are a little bit different because of their sort of power they have a bit more of a tendency to be like what's all this sneaking around about let's fucking destroy some shit and take some shit like so anathemas are like yes very holy but also like do we really want one because if we want one that one's in charge forever now and it's gonna just lead us into fucking killing everything when what we need to be is careful about it and also i want to be an anathema (laughs) and it's like oh no do you know what i mean because that's that's kind of the the difficult decision if anyone's getting ahead of you they've beaten you in that race so having an anathema turn up yes it's great it's maybe a sign from the gods but also i wish it was me it also isn't selfish because to become a god, you need hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of human sacrifices. And the Uanti don't have the numbers or the resources to do full-scale warfare, but an anathema needs it to get the souls. So they're going to be pushing to send the underlings out to get the humans to sacrifice so that they can become a god mm. and just throw the rest away. This sounds like a society that just is destined to eat itself, much the same as we've said with the destiny of the snake that eats the world. Because if you're an army that are all running to go and conquer another army, and you make next year, you go, well, oh, I'm in a battle now. I'll just kill him. And then, yeah, I'm a little bit better. And then you're you're constantly but it's fighting not, your own society. It's not emotional, better. though. It's got to be... If you think if you were playing a cold, calculated person, you'd be like, I need you because you're useful. However, I also want your position. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you play your course out, and after this war, when you're tired and you're bloodied and you're beaten, that's when I'm going to slit your throat. That's when you're going to strike. Yeah. There's a lot of politicking going on and like a bit of natural selection and yeah. Yeah. constant competition. That's why they have so many slaves. That's why they have so many like lizard folk and things working for them, because that way there's less competition. Mm. So conspiracy theory theorists are right. Lizard people do run the world. Um, <laughs> Who run the world? Lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> Snake you people. Auntie. <laughs> they have in law infiltrated pretty much all of Faerun. They have been seen in every court. I was gonna say, I reckon all the politicians are secretly you auntie. And if not, then you're definitely putting that in as DM. Maybe. Maybe I already have. Maybe I already have. <laughs> we'll find out in two years from now. <laughs> if, you're lucky. Yeah, if, if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> They're already here. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to trick us. You're going to you're going to go, and that was the last episode. Just kidding. You learned nothing. We're going to start from the beginning again. <laughs> go over it all. Yeah, m- maybe we'll do one episode where it's just a recap episode where you guys have to tell me everything you've learned. Yeah. <laughs> what time you go? And that was yeah. a F. Yeah, We're you all again. failed. You all failed. Yeah. Homeworkers, listen to the uh, listen to the podcast. I remember the stuff. I don't remember any of the names. I'm cool with that. I'll take that. 
Mm. Well, the names are so hard to remember names, and it's also so I mean, so you can't you can't you can't, you can't write them down to Google them because you're like I have no idea what the fuck that spell pronounced. How do you spell Mugglebugglebly? Mugglebugglebly. Yeah. And then there's so many different variations of the law and the history and different tellings and retellings and everything. And it's it's fantastic. Blaine, continue on, please. Uh, and unlike many other races, their history is basically the same across all the different uh, settings of D&D. So Eberron, uh, Greyhawk and stuff. The origins are slightly different, but it's always been an ancient civilization that merged with snakes and then hid away. So they're always kind of the bad guys in pretty much every setting they're in. Mm. A lot of other races have chains like the orcs in Eberron are very good. They're defenders of the world, whereas the anti are still just evil snake people. And that's kind of how they've always been, just evil snake people. Yeah. They've got some really cool like little things in terms of, you know, they're, they're, what I was saying about earlier about them being brewers is that they are really proficient in making poisons. Oh, I thought they were really good at making wines or like, you know, beers or little aperitifs or something like that. Or, you know, as we said before, nice teas or things like that. Something that they they use is drugs. Nice. They get their slaves hooked on drugs and then that's how they keep their slaves loyal. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, they learn learn early on that letting them have complete free will eventually means they'll rebel. Yeah. So again, hooks on some skag. They've got a drug called white resin and it can be smoked... Or inhale? Is it? Yeah, smoked or inhaled. Yes. Um, and essentially, it's meant to be like complete sensual euphoria, mm. like having an orgasm, basically, for an hour. Wow, that's it's- my Sunday plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you've got a busy weekend now. <laughs> so that's that's the drug, and that's its effect. However, it's highly addictive, and the more you take the smaller the time in which your euphoria lasts. Yeah. So it starts as an hour, but it ends as five minutes. Wow. So once you're fully hooked, you're taking that drug and it's only five minutes of euphoria and you're hooked. You are fucking, you're a crackhead. You want that shit. Give it to me now, now, now. And essentially you'll do anything for it, which is how you enslave a race. No one's ever learned how to brew it aside from the ante. Yeah. And it's really, I, th- I think what's really fun about that was that sometimes slaves or users of it start, because um, it's made out of Yuanti magic and ritual, which includes a lot of snake stuff, start taking on characteristics. Like white resin ad- addicts might start forming scales, but that becomes a problem because the Yuanti are like, yes, we have a slave that we can, wait, is that a scale? <gasps> you're snake-like. We must worship you. We must We must think you're okay now. And it's like, fuck! <laughs> but, Does it also mean they can't sacrifice them? Yeah, oh. because it's you can't they hurt can't, a snake. Uh, so it's like instantly can... that slave is now got to be promoted to something better because they've got characteristics that are snake-like. They've got to make them Especially if you have more, then... If you're... It's, it's, it's sort of... White it's, resin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably a bit of a percentage chance that it'll happen to you. It's probably not common otherwise that have stopped using it but um another thing that happens as well is that they it's seen as a blessing yeah if they get if you take on state-like qualities from the white resin you're seen as blessed by the gods so they will put you through the ritual to make you a full yanti or turn you into something called a brood god yes. which i think's hilarious they are fucking ugly little shits they're essentially like dumb yanti um... and yanti brood gods are made out of Slaves that they just kind of was like. Uh. <laughs> Do they guard the drugs then? Oh, 
They're just oh, or do they guard the eggs? Brood. They Brood look guard. like oh, wow. they've become pets. What are they guarding? Are yeah, these? almost. And they guard the the eggs the and eggs. the hatcheries. Nice. They look like a snake dog, <laughs> kind of hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Fearsome. Are they quite tough? Uh, Brood guard are a little bit tougher than your normal yanti. With the different books I released, Yuanti can you can run an adventure from level one to level sort of fifteen with just the anti monsters. Because they have a range that goes across all the levels. So like your pure bloods, your basic Yanti will be mm. decent five for like level ones and twos, up to Anathemas, which can challenge a party of level fifteen, sixteens. So you could have the Yuanti as the four bad guys for your entire campaign. Mm-hmm. And you could have a Yuanti in your party throughout. Yeah. I think they'd figure out pretty quick. <laughs> Once you're fighting them all the time, you'd be like, wait, doesn't oh. Dave have... <laughs> really? Why is Dave doing it? I'm just hooked. Oh. I'm just hooked. That's it. <laughs> it's side effects from the drugs. That's all it is. Yeah. I'm not a UNT. How, how easy can they make the white resin? What, UNT? Yeah. It's pretty common. Yeah. I'm just picturing like the kind of what we were talking about earlier where someone who's like, oh, I'm a monster. I don't want to be part of this. But they know how to make it. So they just become a dealer. And like, that's your part in the party you can just be like ah oh, well i can't really help but here's here's something that'll make you feel dealer. good yeah here's, here's a lovely liquid you might like and you go, oh my god i have an hour of feeling really special and sexy you've got to make me some more of that <laughs> to be fair that would be a great way to infiltrate a party is just get them all hooked on white resin yeah. like, i know where there's more and then when, come with me yeah or, or you give it to them and then when they're all spaced out you just kill sacrifice, them all, sacrifice and, and they're like stronger. jizzing in their pants whilst you're stabbing their eyes out yeah. Oh, wow. That's a way to go. So, uh, let's go into the sort of stats now, I guess, is more of, more of things. But um, one of the th- I think before just before we touch on that, the names of like your UNT. So, essentially, it, it said that a lot of names are like passed down and have like different meanings. And that's kind of like, that's the family name. I'm going to guess they're not called Dave, are they? No. 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 <laughs> but um, you kind of have like that name, which is your like birth name and kind of what's passed down through your heritage and then you have an adopted name um which is a variant and it's unique to the unt some of the some of the birth names that are given are amazing (laughs) because they're basically they're created to have exaggerated hissing sounds so there's uh azitil or hesatel or um ishalu or um where's another good one simali Simali. Simali. Shakala Sharala. Sisaba. Zuhu. Uh, just yeah. do Shalaba Shalaba again. Um, <laughs> Shalaka Shalala. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Your local friendly drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just off to see Shalala. I love it. But they're just great, aren't they? Like it's it's one of those cool things that like when you're creating your your UNT uh, name, it's really fun to be able to play with those S's. And um, I played a, with a player once. It was just a nice little one shot, and he was playing a, a UNT pure blood that was clearly not a UNT, and everything he said had an S on. He'd be like. So, where is it to the nearest homes? <laughs> like, where where can I go to the finest bakery? <laughs> just just adding them on at the end, they'd be like, right, okay, well, you're not you're not evil snake boy, are you? <laughs> so yeah, it's good to have fun with it. It's nice character inspiration, mm. especially when you come in with your names. A lot of S's, a lot of Shakira. Cool yeah, Shakira, Shakira. My hips don't oh. lie. Are you thinking Shakira the UNT is going to be your? No. no? Connie's set on fish person no to be fair this is 
Oh. I, I if ever I was going to play a character that was not just pure good goodness and delight because I feel like that's the only character I'd be good at playing. <laughs> I feel like I'd, I'd I'd have a crack at this one. Okay. This one that was interesting. Yeah. A duplicitous. I'd either be a halfling or a rapey snake man. It's a just a massive 180 there. Yeah. Well, like, oh, I could only play nice characters, but this guy sounds fantastic. I just fascinated. That's more it. Great. This it just seems like the secrecy you can have with your DM DM yeah. throughout any adventure there's so much in this that mm. the, i think is lovely yeah the, the, you know the the truths and untruths and the potential on die roll this this does sound a lot of fun oh quick thing fun. actually just before we do move on to a bit more stat stuff is that um the tribes of unt don't necessarily get along because they're all trying to achieve the same things so like a city far far away um might not really get along with another city of UNT because it's like well, competitors, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah. they might worship different gods. Apparently there's a city out there that's like a pretty free, easygoing in in Forgotten Realms that's just like an open trade city of UNT. And it's really like well established, really good technology, really great infrastructure. And it's just full of snake people that are like, Yes, we're like snakes. And it's like <laughs> But they're not they're not necessarily evil. They're just like, yeah. Like, we've just got a really good thing going. They ain't going to get along, or to be fair, another snake civilization ain't going to get along with that. Because mm. they're going to be like, not only are you against everything we're for, but you're also further on in life than us. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're doing better than us. We're going to kill you. Yeah, that's that's fun. They kind of got ahead and then went, eh, yeah, we thought that before, but now we're here. We're kind of good. Potentially, the yeah. Were like, how dare you? Yeah, potentially. I, I think because cause the civilization basically disappeared, Anything could have happened to them. They could have gone either which way. You know, it's all easy. They still do do sacrifices. Oh, does that say? Yeah, but they only use bandits and they don't use... <laughs> they use basically criminals bandits, and... the whipping boys of D&D. Here we are, bring up the bandits! They discovered a way, or rumoured to discover a way to not have to use human sacrifice. They can use monsters and animals to do oh, it. Oh, okay. So they it takes a lot more and it's a lot harder to do. But they supposedly have found a way to do that. So I just, I that's love... at least what they've told yeah. the, the the people that they trade with is that we found a way there, to do yeah. it without hurting any of your species. It's I, fine. I do yeah. really like the idea of like if you're in that seat, it's like, oh, you stole an apple, kill him to the sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, oh, you you littered to the sacrifice. I like the idea of it being this like gentrified like Yuanti neighborhood yeah. where it's like they're all. You know, they're like it's the the Cullen version of the Yuanti. Like <laughs> yeah, Edward like, Cullen. Yeah, 100%. we eat tofu here. You yeah. know, the Brady the, Bunch. Yeah, the woke. <laughs> yeah, the woke woke Yuanti. Woke Yuanti. I can't get away from your auntie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're the woke Yuantis. Yes, we, we we read the Guardian now, not the Daily anymore. <laughs> Great. Anyway, let's jump into some stat stuff. So uh, you get your charisma increases by two. Uh, to help being the, because you pure blood is the race that you'd play as a player. So you infiltrate as you're designed to be able to blend into society and your intelligence increases by one separate from emotion. You have, you're just more focused on pursuing those intellectual things. Uh, you have dark vision, uh, and you have a couple of spells, you know, just innately for being a Yanti. So you know, poison spray as a cantrip, part snake, mm. spit poison. You can also cast animal friendship unlimited amount of times per day, but only on snakes. Uh-huh. Which I love. Yeah, that's that's, cool. that's just hilarious yeah. to me. It's like you've got this access to the spell only on snakes. <laughs> can only have the snakes. It could it's work. A terrible really. spell in Ireland. 
You'd have to bring them with you. <laughs> oh, St. Patrick would be so disappointed. Oh, no, that would be a vibe, though. Yeah. You just got like a tiny little snake that just wraps itself around your, oh, your yeah. hand. Oh, 100%. yeah. Lovely little familiar. That, yeah. yeah. That's, just, that's a great combination, is having find like, familiar and speak to snakes. But like, you can just like let it go. It can go and scout ahead, and you're like, well, well thank you, Steve. Could be a bad, <laughs> I think what you meant to say was it can scout ahead. <laughs> Sneakily. I also called it Steven. <laughs> Steven the serpent. Steven, why do you carry all those snakes around with you? Snakes. <laughs> Sorry, continue, Blaine. Uh, you also get, at third level, you can cast Suggestion. Once per day, so you can just suggest someone do something, and if they fail their save, they'll do it. It's only a simplified action, but you can basically convince people to do what you want That's to a minor thing. An amazing spell. I suggest mm. you come with me to this very dark hole. Is it, is <laughs> so we can ride around in blood together. Has it got anything to do with charisma at all, or is it separate? Uh, so it uses charisma as your spellcasting ability. Yeah, but it's a spell you cast. If they fail their save, they are compelled to do what you say. As long as it doesn't cause them harm. Yeah. Ah, right. So you can't be like, kill yourself. Yeah. They'll be like, <laughs> but you can no. like, I suggest you give me all your weapons, and I'll give you all your their weapons. Yeah. Or uh, I suggest you let me tie you up. They'll let you tie. Them and up. it'll work for an hour as well. So if you're careful with it, if you're like, oh, I suggest you help me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well then, yeah, I will. It's like, and you get that at what point? At third it? level. But it's just something you get as part of being your auntie. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's a really really good spell to get so early on. Mm. Oh yes. But so, then I suppose if you were playing as a, uh, as a subversive character and you say, well, I can use suggestion, it's like, oh, a bit of a red flag, wouldn't it? Hang on a minute, that's quite a... Well, you wouldn't tell anybody, you just keep doing it. You, oh, because you and the DM know. So when yeah. you go, oh, I, I suggest, suggest... And then the DM goes, rolls a dice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but they're not really rolling because it'll just happen anyway. Well, they'd have to roll because what if the other person succeeds against your suggestion? Oh, but the DM could roll it so the yeah. player doesn't realise what's being rolled until they pass. Oh, it's all very lovely and delicious. Mm. And then the final But you've only got one a day, so you've got to be careful with it. Do you know what I mean? Use it wisely kind of thing. Still, if I had one suggestion each day and I knew people would have to pay attention to it, yeah. that'd be great Oh, fun. yeah, that's great. Can you cast it on multiple people at once? No, that's mass suggestion, which comes later. Yeah, it's a spell certain classes <laughs> you, get access to. Knowing that down, aren't you? <laughs> I'm liking this. Oh, they do also like have this. one of the best racial abilities, which is magic resistance. So you just get advantage on any saving throw against any spell and any magic effect. Wow! Just a blanket. It's the best magic resistance you can get in the game. Every spell and magic effect you are resistant to, so you get to roll two die and take the higher. They're innately magical, guys. Th- these are great. You're also immune to poison so being a snake good. person. The poison and the poison condition. Yes. So, uh, sorry. Do you have to get something against poison as well? You're immune. You're to immune. It. You're immune. To- what? Just off the bat. Just because like- you're literally a snake person. Do you know what I mean? Poison but runs like through your you veins. Were to infiltrate somewhere, you could make like a pot of tea to poison the party, and you won't have to make a separate one just for you because you can you're just drink to it. And yeah. be like, hey so guys, it's like I don't trust you. I'll, I'll drink. I'll drink it. It's fine. You drink it. Nothing happens to you. But everyone else. If you kill it. everyone in the party in the first episode. Oh no 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 no! I'm, I'm oh not, no! I'm this not is a long game. This is I'm such a good long game character. I'm planning is everyone, to be from is it that going to be a party of 
uh, for you, Auntie, or trying to subvert the others. <laughs> <laughs> all of them don't recognize yeah. that they're all pure bloods. Yeah, they just keep drinking the tea. Like, what the fuck's going on? These guys are rolling D20s every time. I don't know what that means. Inconceivable. It's just a Never mess with a UNT when death's on the line. So just run that by me again. Immune to poison, dark vision, suggestion spell, poison spray. Uh, Friends with snakes. Friends, Friends with, snakes. with snakes. And resistance to any magical effect and spell. Not and immune, just resist. Resistance to its advantage, so yeah. you're and more likely to pass. Languages. You Ooh. can speak common, mm-hmm. uh, abyssal, and draconic. Don't Ooh. remember abyssal and draconic. Abyssal is the speech of demons. Sweet. Also where Dendar, the world serpent, is trapped in the abyss. <laughs> and Draconic is the language of dragons, which okay. most magic is written in. A lot of arcane rules and law is written in Draconic. So they don't have their own speech? It's it's probably a mixture of abyssal and Draconic. How does that sound, Niall? Um, I imagine like... <laughs> well, 10 out of 10 I off the bat, that. I like that too. <laughs> Hairs on the back of my neck. That's that's good. What I said was inconceivable. Never mess with <laughs> the UMD when death is on the line. But that that is that is the main one. That's like yeah. your standard UNT. And then we've talked a lot about legacy and how monsters in the multiverse change that. And essentially, me and Blaine were talking about this just before the podcast started. That the the sort of like the new UNT setup for Monsters of the Multiverse, where they're making everything a bit more like accessible for players, is they kind of explain that UNT are a bit bad. But then there are good UNT, those that have been turned into UNT and don't want to be those. Because you, you're not emotional, but you might recognize that the life that you lived before was going somewhere. And now that's changed and you didn't like that logically because you were on a path and somebody else came and changed that, which is a logical reason to not like a whole race of people, really, or not like what you've become. And you might you might miss your emotions without feeling emotional about it. Do you know what I mean? You might be like, there was actually no sweeter craving than happiness. I was, I was thinking, like, sorry, when you were saying about all the stuff earlier, I was thinking that'd be a really good, like, I re- remember having emotions, so I'm annoyed because I don't have them. But now. you're not annoyed. Not you're annoyed. Just, logically, like, that's where you want to be back. Yeah. You want to be back to it. You recognise that it was logically better to be emotional than it was. Yes, you're getting a lot of shit done, but you can't have half the enjoyment you once had. You don't have enjoyment anymore. So if they took that drug, what? They're immune to poison. Oh, they literally. Oh, so they also so alcohol. They have alcohol drugs doesn't affect them. Nothing hurts. Oh god, they must be so bored. So they can pretend to be completely drunk, completely on drugs. Absolutely. Oh, no effect on them. They can absolutely fake it. They can fake it. They a lot of purebloods, especially, are very good at faking emotion to get into society and make their way in and blend in. Could but you have it's acting. pacifist Yuanti who recognise that the power struggle between them is pointless and it's like, ah, it's just live a regular, yeah. boring Yeah, logically life. it makes logically, no sense. Logically it makes yeah. sense. We want to survive. We don't want to be defeated. The more we try and push this whole progress thing, the more we accumulate slaves who are going to try and kill us, the more we draw. So you could just be a peaceful, just, I farm. I farm snakes, ironically. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lo- no, no, no. Logic can dictate for you. many different things depending on where your perspective is at the time your logic is set. Yeah. Because, like, if you're up, you know, if you're up brings in this in this society where godhood is the main thing to achieve, 
then logically that's all you need to do. If you were brought up in a society where it was just good to prosper, then logically you would just be the best fucking businessman in the world. Mm. If the thing to achieve, it's 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 really about status and wants become less emotional, they just become goals. I think the worst thing about being a UNT is that you just don't feel. Mm. Like you genuinely, you just have to have goals. I think the saddest part about being a UNT is that that's it. Yeah, no you love, just, no relationships, no... No. Oh, that was a nice brew. Like, just don't care. No, no, no. Yeah, you don't have taste anymore. Yeah, can't get drunk. Can't, yeah. can't do drugs. The only reason you get stuff is for status. It's mm. all about status now and logically where you can achieve things. It's, it's essentially being a computer, which well, is quite I was, sad. I was thinking it would be a really not more not nice an interesting starter character for someone with asd or just someone neurodivergent yeah maybe it would be yeah that'd be so interesting to play it's a fun it's a certainly a fun character to get your teeth into and 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 really sit in and have that that thought process of like especially when you're writing down your personality Mm. traits and your bonds and your flaws you really get to jump into this is how i'm going to play my character and i've got to be aware that emotionally they can't change but logically they can if somebody was to sit at a unt down and just say look you want to achieve godhood here's x y and z better ways to do it they'd be like fuck or even here's why it's a bad idea yeah it might be like your goals don't make sense do you want to live or do you want to die like well i kind of want to live because what not they don't have fear though either so like if you said you can't convince them through fear you'd have to be cold do you want to live or do you not want to live i know you don't Mm. care but at the same time do you you know it'd probably be like i just want to achieve my goal so their character development will stem from kind of like you might have a really bad mission and then it's like logically they're like we shouldn't do that again and that's what spurs character development is yeah you know they're learning from experience this is actually a really good race i suppose to establish a character from because you have so many rules sometimes rules can be a hindrance but i feel here you can Mm. go this is my goal for this adventure and if you stick to that path actually in role play it becomes a lot easier because you go well this is what my uanti would do i think because sometimes i think dnd can be quite intimidating because the world is so vast Mm. and you can do this class like this and that class like this and these people like this actually this gives you a really good framework to go no this is what they are like Mm. and actually i think as a new player this is class will be really good well we're doing a good job then Blaine aren't we yeah, yeah well I'm glad we started this podcast I mean, I mean hey you're evil though and that, that does become hard but you don't yeah. have to be yeah no. you can be a logically good but person but also like even if you're playing an evil character it doesn't have to end with you killing the party no. because logically it could be whatever the party's goals are, you have a, an aligned goal. Mm. It's better to do it with this group of heroes than it is on your own. Mm. Yeah. So you're not going to betray them because you need them to get to where you need to be. Mm. Mm. Or your betrayal could just be turning them into UNT. You'd be like, this is the greatest gift I could have given you. You can also play them on the alignment system in any way. Mm. You could Because they could be lawful because it's logical. I think anything an but chaotic, code. really. But then even chaotic, it might be they're cha- not cha- mm, Yeah, They're not chaotic. They're typically classed as neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Neutral evil is a typical alignment but they could be lawful evil because they recognize that there is a logic in yeah. being which is also why they might be chaotic because they might be like well I'm just if they're power hungry could they not be chaotic because it's you don't know what they're going to do because what they're going to do is purely what simply serves them depends on their, what their logic because dicta- lawful lawful neutral basically dictates that you have a set of rules that you stick to pure neutral kind of means that you can go anywhere and do anything whereas like neutral evil is kind of like you have your own thing and 
you are willing to do horrendous acts to to get that thing. And mm. the, and they are neutral evil is there. Usually. So if that is so as a pop culture reference, what what are they? Is what's a neutral evil because um I find that a, a hard concept. Neutral evil tends to be the kind of the big bad sidekick. Psychopaths. It? Like it really, it's a psychopath. Well, the Joker's chaotic evil. Yeah, yeah. usually it's like it's the ones that follow a, a bad guy because they want to help themselves. It's all about themselves. It's the Riddler. Yeah, yeah. Joker's not good at Joker's is like Joker's um, chaotic. But, but, oh, but so that's not correct. So Riddler's good because they have the form of their riddles. He's and they a have narcissist. An yeah, he's and a narcissist. Always follows logic. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. Okay, so the Riddler once again like it even more. One of my favorite villains. Good. Yeah, all about himself, and he's willing to do horrible things to get what he wants. Great. I was just thinking a, a good, I don't know, I was picturing Spot as a sort of a good Neutral version, good, yeah. Neutral good. Yeah. Sort of like, well, logical as yeah. well. Like the, the evil Spock. Evil Spock. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah, like we were saying about, that's kind of like, they introduced this idea of like having legacy. So that was all the old stuff. And then the newer stuff is a bit more free reign. You can do a bit other things. And they've just changed like... Very few things. They, they've really. weakened them a little bit. Yeah. So the magic resistance is now just against spells as opposed to magic effects. So it limits, it's still really useful, but it's a bit more limited in what you can. Sorry, mm. what's this in the exchange? This is the Monsters of the Multiverse version of yeah. a UNT. The, the upgraded one. Yeah. Okay. To make things a bit easier for players to get into, this is essentially like a nice way to really customize your characters. Yeah. Whereas the UNT originally had a plus two to charisma. Plus two to charisma, plus one to intelligence. Yeah. This is like, you can pick wherever you want to put your points. Okay. It's very, very much sort of yeah. tailored your experience and be like I want to play a UNT that is a barbarian so I'm going to put all my stats into strength and dex and con yeah. kind of thing yeah no race is pigeonholed into one kind of uh, path yeah so yeah it's resistance just against spells as opposed to magic effects so it limits it a little bit but it's still really good uh, the poison resistance is now just advantage on saving throws and resistance to poison damage and no longer immune to poison it's a bit weaker so if you played it you could play it as the original you could play it as the yeah. original but you but can choose yeah, yeah. So, okay cool and then the spell casting's the same. Well, it's it just, a bit better, really. It just adds in the fact that you can do suggestion. Uh, use it once per day, uh, or once per long rest as normal. But if you have spell slots, you can cast it through spell slots. So you already know it innately. Yeah. And also, you get to choose how you cast it now, which is the real benefit mm. of this. They've kind of made the spell casting really integrate with whatever you want to do. So if you want to play a wizard before, you were using charisma to spell cast as well as your intellect for your wizard class. Whereas now you can do that easy. You've got suggestion as a spell straight off the bat. You can cast it as many times as you want as you've got spell slots. And when you cast it, you also use your intelligence rather than your charisma. Everything uses the same stat for your spell casting, which is very beneficial. It, again, stops that pigeonholing, yeah. which is the main thing. But yeah, that's kind of everything, really. Excellent. Well, guys, did you learn anything? No. no. Not really. Excellent. Can we play now? No, not really. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming along. I'm glad you had, uh, well, you seem to have a fun time. Lovely. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Um, I was Niall. I was your DM. I've been Connie. I've been Jack. I've been Michael. Uh, I've been Blaine. Our <laughs> other DM. Our other DM. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you very much for listening and take it easy.
Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed, please leave a review as it really helps. A big thank you to our editor, Jack Sinclair and G. McDermott for our cover art. If you'd like to check out any cool merchandise, head to littlelionslayer.co.uk where Julia, a resident smithy, has all our products up for sale. Until next time, brave adventurers. 